0: Good evening, everyone, or good morning, or good afternoon, as the case may be, on this rotating planetary sphere which is whipping around the sun at something like 18 and a half miles per second, or maybe 67,000 miles per hour. I've never really figured out the conversion in real time, so we won't worry about that. We have a really interesting show tonight, prescinding from the show we did with uh, George uh, Balabanas last night, and we're going to have George joining us in the third hour, so we don't all talk about him behind his back. I thought it was kind of appropriate we bring him on and we kind of discuss uh, uh, some of the evidence he presented from the text. Tonight, we're focusing on evidence of actual imagery of artifacts on the planet Mars, and we may throw in some surprises. Um, Before we get to all that, though, and we have a Sterling panel all standing by on Skype ready to join you at the moment's notice. I want to reiterate some of the things I said last night, only much briefer. Um, There are weird things going on in space. The President of the United States a few days ago stood in front of a bunch of, you know, gung-ho Marines at Miramar and raised the idea that we need to have a space force to go to Mars. Uh, I'm not quite sure about the connection, but he wants an armed um, new military service. I think that's part of what he was saying. And part of it would consist of Marines. part of it would consist of technology, spacecraft, et cetera, et cetera. And the whole point was to accompany whoever actually goes to Mars to explore what is there. Well, um, I have some a few things we're going to be getting into tonight, including some evidence that the the deck is already kind of stacked in terms of what might be out there and who might be concerned and it, it, it will get into things like breakaway civilizations and ancient members of the extraterrestrial human family and stuff like that so without further ado uh, let me introduce my panel tonight because this is this is going to be a very interesting show this is kind of like our Mars weekend in no particular order Keith Laney is a space imaging processing and anomaly specialist who lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's a husband, a father, a grandfather, an artist, a copper master, an amateur space scientist, and an avid promoter and supporter of space exploration. Deep breath. The primary passion of Keith's life after about half of the above is space imaging. His work has been featured by NASA. Yes, officially processed images for NASA, NASA Ames. Mainstream news organizations, and planetary anomaly lovers the world over. Keith hosts a privately unequaled online collection of space imaging, planetary curiosities, like his own writings and music, which just celebrated its 13th anniversary. It's called The Hidden Mission. Gosh, I wonder where that came from. And it's at the top of his bio tonight on The Other Side of Midnight. You go to the of Midnight.com. You click on tonight's graphic, which is a... Continuation of last night's graphic about the ancient great celestial war that takes you to the guest page and you scroll down and you will see these various um, uh, personalities that we're referring to. By the way, I did forget one thing. When you go to the main page, the home page, or you go to the show page, the guest page, over on the left hand side, we've introduced a new feature a donate button. It says in big capital letters, donate now, exclamation point. And when you move your cursor over it, it lights up in blue. And so you can click on that. That takes you to PayPal. And anything you can give us will be incredibly appreciated by the team because we're embarking on some new projects. We've got this book we're working on. We're going to talk about the book at great length tonight and some of the really juicy stuff that's going to be in it and some of the potential conclusions of some of the juicy stuff. The other thing we're trying to do seriously is to raise funds so that we can produce our own television series. We've got the outlets, we've got the distribution, but we don't have a production facility. The facilities, kind of, uh, they're a little iffy. It's like you know, people look at what we're proposing and they initially say, "Oh my God, it's the greatest things in sliced bread," and then it's like, um, "Dick, who, did you call this before?" You know. So we resolve we're going to try to do this. In-house, ourselves, but to do that to the level of network standards, which of course is the only stuff people really pay attention to, we need funds for production. We need funds for computer graphics. Now, we can get a lot of people giving us stuff out of the Hollywood community. We have a lot of backers and followers in the Hollywood community, uh, some of whom have actually contacted me and asked me, can I do something? And I said, "Are are, you know, is the Pope Catholic, of course you can do something. What would you like to do? but we still need funds. So if you go to that donate button, which is on every page now, go to the left-hand side, it says donate now. Click on that, that will show you what we're trying to do, how you can help, how you can be a hero. You can literally make a difference. Look, this planet is heading to hell in a handbasket. I have never seen this world, this globe, closer to the final conflagration since I was a kid growing up in duck and cover in grammar school, which is a long time ago. We are heading for something that I don't think we all want to go through, either by design or by, and this is really stupid, by stupid accident, by ego, by people that are just, you know, they're not even power mad, they're just mad. So the only way I can see to derail this is if we basically take the world's attention and focus it where it should be, which is everyone on this globe shares a common heritage. We're all family. We all grew up together here because as we were describing last night, we had to leave there because of another war. And if we're not wanting to live through one here, which of course will be the end of civilization. We're gonna be back to, what was it, uh, Einstein said, The fourth world war will be conducted by people throwing rocks. We need to change the conversation. We need to grip the world's attention with the most incredible, riveting, important discovery of our lifetime, which is we are not alone. We've never been alone. We're part of an extraordinary extended family. We've done astonishing, incomparable, almost godlike things in the solar system. And then we devolve to this one little speck of dust circling a G-type yellow star in the outskirts of the Milky Way. And if we're not careful, if we're not really, really careful, it could all go up in a you know mushroom cloud tomorrow. This data, this evidence, this incredible story of who we really are And what we have really done and how we can be, I'm going to cop a phrase here, become great again is in our hands. It has never been such that a handful of people, relatively speaking out of seven billion, a small fraction of those people who have the vision and the courage and a few shekels to put toward it can make astonishing difference in the course of future history. That time is now. So if you want to keep this process we're working on going, if you want to help us uncover the truth and reveal to the human race who it really is, then a few dollars spent in donation to the Enterprise mission and to the other side of midnight right now can make literally all the difference in the world. Oh, and by the way, you'll also be able to keep this show on the air. We are really struggling. I'm being very honest and forthright. For some reason, the numbers we should be accruing based on my previous experience when we started this show, we've never been able to attain it again. And I'm wondering if there's something going on with feeds and streams and bandwidth and all that stuff, because we should have far more members of Club 19.5 than we currently have. And you can change that. You can talk to your friends. You can talk to your family. You can talk to your lovers. You can talk to anybody on the planet. And you can say, if you really want this great skinny, if you really want to know what's going to be happening in the next few months. Because remember, 2018, our projection is based on the physics, based on the history we're seeing made in mainstream television, based on a president saying we need a space force of Marines. My question, of course, is who's the enemy? And what is out there that needs to be protected and defended that the president would stand up in public and basically say, it's time to, what was it he said in that speech? You know, space is the new war fighting region. What? That means there's someone out there or some ones that don't want us to matriculate to this next level of terrestrial civilization. Now, is it Dolan's breakaway civilization? of, you know, ex-Nazis or not-so-ex-Nazis? Maybe. Is it bad guys from, I don't know, Zeta Reticuli? I don't know. Is it someone coming back to see what's going on with the old stomping grounds? You know, ancient, great-great-great-great-grandfathers and grandmothers who left Mars and have now come back to kind of see how the old homestead is going and will not be happy with what we're doing on this planet. Whatever it is, at the highest levels now of this government, the idea of space war. I'm not talking about lobbing ballistic missiles at each other and going up in a pile of smoke. I'm talking about an actual warfighting capability that this president says he needs to confront someone out there. Well, the only reason you would have to confront someone is if out there is very, very, very valuable and we, to assume our rightful heritage, have to defend it against something or someone else. And again, that road leads nowhere nice. The way we can sidetrack all of this is to make public and mainstream what those of us participating in the show tonight know as an absolute certainty and are proving to more and more people every day with social networks, with social media, with incredible interconnected internet connections, I mean, we've got 190-some countries that have the potential of tuning in because I've seen all the numbers. I've seen all the dots. We know they've checked us out, and they check us out from time to time. And the little globe tonight is glowing and twirling and showing an awful lot of people, and hundreds are joining our direct server even as I speak. The numbers are climbing very nicely. So, again, if you want to keep this show on the road, metaphor, not accurate, actually – go to that left-hand side of the other side of midnight.com click on that donate button and send us what you can afford because if you don't maybe the conversation will not change in time and you know what could happen after that so continuing with our panel tonight we introduced uh, Keith to you by the way his picture he looks like you know obi-wan kenobi's you know closest relative i find that very interesting Next up is Andrew Curry. Andrew began his artistic career as a community public artist, working with neighborhood groups to create murals in schools and community centers. Actually, a couple of our panelists have done things like that. As a graphic designer and illustrator, he has serviced small and large Canadian companies. And for the past decade, Andrew has worked as a storyboard artist and concept illustrator in film and television and in commercial television advertising. Andrew has a bachelor's of arts from the university of British Columbia, a diploma in graphic design and illustration and a master's in art therapy. And OSHA, I should say that Andrew knows a lot of people in Hollywood and those people are the people who are willing, if we get a platform to put together this series, they are willing to help. Now way across the pond in, in, oh, by the way, um, his website is acstoryboards.com and it's linked there to his bio. Robert Harrison is up from England, keen investor. And after achieving his dream of financial independence, oh, that we should all be so lucky, he decided to, quote, retire from the rat race back in 2010. And as a child of the space age, Bob was fascinated by space exploration and speculations about ET life from an early age. These have continued to be interest for him Dr. Carl Sagan's early speculations of a possible artificiality of the Elysian Pyramids on Mars had a long-term impact on his thinking. In June of 2000, Bob began the Sidonia Quest website as a personal exploration of the evidence for a very ancient set of ET ruins in our solar system. To date, the research has mostly concentrated on Mars and especially Sidonia. The website, he says, was inspired by the work of yours truly, and his many collaborations in this field. Now, Sedonia Quest is intended to be an additional resource to Hoagland's own popular enterprise mission, the TEM website, and of course this show, and it has also explored some of our more interesting out there theories, some of which we may get to tonight. His website, again, is listed on his bio. It's Sedonia Quest, and I recommend strongly that you give it a visit. Next up is Will Farrer. Will Farr grew up in Maryland, where he started his career in technology at a young age of 16, beating out me. I didn't join the museum crowd until 19. He is currently the information technology director of a national health, <coughs> excuse me, healthcare company, which of course does not want to be named, as well as the man behind the Space Anomaly YouTube channel, What's Up in the Sky. Also, the website, What'sUpInTheSky.com. Will attributes his keen eye for spotting anomalies in imagery to his fascination with images returned from various space missions, as well as his travels around the United States visiting various national and state parks. Will is also known for applying various technological approaches in his hunt for anomalies in the space imagery that has helped him make his case for obfuscation in the past, meaning they've hidden stuff from us. Will is also an accomplished musician and artist. And one night, we're going to ask him actually to play on the air, live. Then we come to Ron. I mean, I've known Ron for, what, 20 years, 25? I mean, it's been a long, long time. When you look at his picture, he looks like he stepped right out of a uh, Star Wars movie. And it's Ron Gerbron, G-E-R-B-R-O-N. The only thing he wanted me to say tonight about him, this is a direct quote, proudly uncredentialed polymath with a lifelong fascination with archaeology. And when you read his contributions to our book, Hidden Mars, A War in Heaven, you're going to know why he's part of the team, a very important part of the team, and his long-term fascination has come out in page after page after page of stuff you can't put down because he's synthesized so many important dots for this Big picture. And not last but not least, Kinthea. Now, you know Kinthea in this iteration as the behind the scenes, most of the time, producer of The Other Side of Midnight. What you may not know is Kinthea was known early on in our investigations as Mama Mars. As a San Francisco Bay Area artist and artistic director for the Mars Project, she sculpted the first ever face on Mars, a three-dimensional model along with the cliff that is behind it when you look from the city. From the profile face features, this sculpture appeared in the first edition of the Monuments of Mars by, again, yours truly, and was later, as I described last night, corroborated totally independently in both persona and in the medium by computer analyst and computer scientist Dr. Mark J. Carlotto at the Analytical Sciences Corporation there in Boston, Massachusetts. Then came the Cody Mars face, which she unveiled at the Cody conference, where she contributed to the discussion of other anomaly researchers, including me, John Anthony West, Eugene Maloff, Tom Van Flandern. God, you know most of those guys are gone. I mean, that's that's really that's kind of sobering. And many others. When the Mars Global Surveyor, MGS took provocative new photos of the face on Mars, she set about once again to sculpt it again and again, including the new data revealed in the NASA photos. That sculpture, the Malta bronze, was then featured on a later edition of my book, The Monuments of Mars, on the cover, uh, designed by Kinthea. She's also organized the first Mars exhibit and was a key organizer of two JPL rallies in protest of NASA's, as Will would say, obfuscation policies. She's now sculpted the face many, many times, too many to count, and created a 3D computer model, herself using used in the Mars face animations featured on, among other places, Pox TV. She's dedicated now more than 17 years to studying and sculpting the face and other monuments of Sidonia, and her interest in research in these anomalies actually spans even more years, something like 35, and she also delights in in talking with and visiting with and living in the same town as her two grown sons. Um, We're not done yet. Keith Morgan. Now, you know Keith Morgan because he was on the show many, many weeks ago. Keith is my longtime friend from back when he was at Nightline uh, working for Ted Koppel. Technically, he's an electronics technician, has been with ABC News in Washington since 82. I think he, he retired, if one ever retires out of this stuff, in 2011 or something. Keith has a BA in communications at Howard University with a minor in computer science. He helped build Howard University's TV station, WHMM, now known as WHUT. Keith also worked at WRC Channel 4 in Washington, which is the NBC Network's flagship station in the nation, starting in 1980. Keith is the discoverer of what has been coined the Mars Morgan Curve. He has researched the Mars Anomaly since 1988 after purchasing a copy of The Monuments of Mars. God, have I really been... Anyway, he worked with Nightline with Ted for many, many years and was instrumental in getting a face-to-face meeting between me and Ted Koppel, at which point Ted looked at me and he said, but Dick, if this was real, I would know about it. Which, of course, is a kind of reflection on the media of our age, you know, anchors that Think they know everything when in fact they don't. He's also supplied the show with information which has been used in various, um, you know, guests and shows we've done about Mars and Europa. And he thinks he now knows why the face is on Mars and who is buried within, based on Sumerian writings over 6,000 years old. And we're going to be joined by a couple of other people, including George uh, uh, Balabanis again, as we had him last night. And, um, Tim Saunders from Turkey is going to join us, but I won't kind of bore you with the technical explanations until we get to those hours. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the other side of midnight once again. So who wants to go first?
1: Good morning. How you doing there, Richard? That was a pretty, pretty exciting, uh, introduction there <laughs> <go>. <laughs> i will you've done it you've done it very well i love how you always throw it in there that my company doesn't want to be known. <laughs> well
0: i'm trying to you know, embarrass them into becoming known i mean look this group is going to become so historic and so well known even the beatles will recognize us because at that point your company is going to want to be really well known as being connected with you so let's just kind of anticipate Ooh. the curve
1: we'll hope that i love dude, we were talking earlier about the the secret space and the off the off site stuff I, I was thinking about the recent x-files from last year and this year where they talked about the uh, alien replica vehicles and how it wasn't going to be maybe beta reticuli or people from somewhere else maybe it's just more fodder for it's built here on earth by us hmm. and it was one of the things that, that I, up on, And after looking at the Mars stuff, the, with all the destroyed things up there, if we've gone down this path before, I could easily see that happening.
0: See, that was one we of the turn- really interesting mm. things that George brought up last night. You know, again, George Balabanus, from a totally different perspective, just looking mm. at the text, not looking at the science, not looking at the physics, not looking at any of the stuff that we look at he has come to the same conclusion that we all in our private conversations, which I'm hoping will become kind of public conversations tonight, uh, have come to, which is we are not the first. The human species seems to have this propensity for doing dumb, stupid things over and over and over again, regardless of which planet we're on. And we're seeing such echoes of current ancient high civilizations on earth reflected in the iconography in the imagery, in statues, in artwork, in technological artifacts on Mars, it's almost now a foregone conclusion that we've done this an awful lot of times and maybe it's time to get off the trolley car. Maybe it's time to do something different. I mean, you all have heard that that old Einstein quote, you know, he who keeps doing the same thing and expecting a different result is nuts. Maybe it's time for the human race to become un. Nuts!
2: And don't all speak at
1: once. Yeah, yeah. Say anybody else coming on that? Yeah, uh, that would be wonderful if we could all all gather together. And but it's gonna it's gonna be interesting here for sure. And, uh, from everything that, that I listened to last night's show is really good. So it'd be exciting if he gets on in the last hour.
0: Oh, he's chomping but, at uh, the bit. I mean, I didn't want him to. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, it's something like see uh, It's what seven o'clock in the morning over there now. And we said you could sleep in and not get up until nine. You can join us at nine. Because he was, he was, you know, the time zones and all that, it was, it was kind of difficult. But I thought he carried himself very, very well. It's hard to communicate this research when you've got stuff to point to. When you're dealing with text and nuance and metaphor and illusion, particularly if, as I said last night, it's been smooshed together over how many millions of years of us doing the same dumb stuff again and again and again, it's really difficult to get that across to an audience. And George succeeded. So who else wants to yeah. jump in?
3: Well, I could do it. Can anybody hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. Oh, okay. I was, I've been trying to be quiet. Hi, this is Ron. I'm the guy that hasn't been on much. And uh, Richard, it's been more than 25 years. Really? Really? The, uh, uh, yeah we met at the rainbow rose festival in pasadena and i believe that was like 1980 or something um yeah the first time i sent you a mars related email was in
0: 1998
3: oh my god that or, i'm not good with girlfriend with when did i first meet a girlfriend or something and that's why i don't have one at the moment but that's uh,
0: yeah it's been that long gosh You know, what I've tried to do as we've reached now the the penultimate high point of this search, this journey, is I've tried to bring back all the folks or most of the folks I can find who were kind of part of this in the beginning because now we get to the fun part. We get to describe to people, our audience, for instance, tonight, our ideas for what it all means. I mean, we are so many light years past, is it real or is it Memorex? Um, I had a very interesting meeting this afternoon, however, which... uh, kind of refocused my attention on how difficult it's going to be to get the mainstream to pay attention because you can show people imagery, but they're not used to seeing ancient junk and ruins and decay and catastrophic destruction. They're used to seeing sharp, bright, shiny buildings and brand new toasters and you know Tesla Model X3s and all that. They really are totally unfamiliar with what ancient ruins and decayed products of high-tech civilizations conceivably look like. They, they, in their, it's not even in their ken. So our problem is, as, as Kintia's workshop, which she's organizing, is going to try to address, let's start with the problem, how do you look at these pictures to see what it is that we, who have decades of doing this, see almost instantly?
2: Richard, can now, I cut that's in? Exact- yes, Andrew. Oh, no, no. no. Go, go
3: ahead, Ron. Oh, well, I don't know how important it was. I would say that's exactly what most of my write- written stuff for the book is about.
0: How do we see I'm this? Very,
3: yeah, I'm very conscious of that. You can, I can look across a river covered with jungle and say, oh, there's a building under there. But that's because I had training mm-hmm. and a lot of practice. Uh, most people can't and I wouldn't expect them to. And the barista at the coffee shop night before last heard the word anomaly in the conversation. And she said, what's that?
0: What's an anomaly?
3: Yeah, high school graduate, she had literally never run across the word anomaly. I don't know what they teach them, but very
0: useful. Well, you know, I was having this conversation this afternoon with this television producer. We were talking about how you look at things and the fact that this series that I'm trying to get off the ground here This series has to go back to square one, and we need need to teach people how to see, because the educational system is not teaching them, apparently, anything about how to see. We quote people, we see things on the web, we may read a book occasionally, we quote authorities, we quote other people who are celebrities, but there's no teaching of how do you see, and without seeing, you have nothing.
4: You know, Richard, it's a shame, too, because humans have the best natural pattern recognition system.
0: This is Keith Laney speaking, by the way. Our our, our Obi-Wan Kenobi (laughs) stand-in.
4: I mean, that's (laughs) hard, (laughs) Obi-Wan.
0: Okay, we got about 30 seconds to the bottom of the hour. Why don't we hold it there? Everybody regroup. Um, Think about what you want to say in the next segment, because I want to bring some illumination and not just castigate the you know american lack of educational prowess and expertise so hold it there everyone tonight is going to be an interesting ride you are on the other side of midnight my name is richard c Hoagland, and we shall return <laughs>
5: It won't be
2: I'm talking anymore. No, no. I want to solve yourself for you. Put on my heart. Stand my shoulders wide. Stand clean out of life. Hold my hands up high. They can take my eyes. But I don't take to flight. They can't bring my mind. But what I'm born with is not a number Who you are A number
0: You're listening to the first hour of The Other Side of Midnight. Be sure to catch our complete live show every Saturday and Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, for a full three hours of this kind of exploration. And be sure to visit TheOtherSideOfMidnight.com as you listen so you can follow our special Radio with Pictures guest page simultaneously The Canthea, our hardworking producer, specifically prepares to illustrate the topics discussed each show. Why? Because there is vital additional information on that Radio with Pictures guest page that I assure you will immeasurably enhance your understanding and enjoyment of what our guests are describing. I mean, would you rather listen to a guest talk about NASA images of ancient artifacts on Mars or simultaneously be able to follow the official NASA images showing you, as you're listening, the ruins? If you'd like to listen at your convenience to all our shows, including our unique radio pictures feature, please visit the other side of midnight.com and click on the join club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. Okay, what do you get with your club 19.5 membership besides helping the show literally stay on the air? Well, first of all, you will exclusively, this is not available to the general public, enjoy our enhanced ad-free podcast, courtesy of Chris Bell, automatically downloading all the latest The Other Side of Midnight shows directly to your favorite podcast device so you can listen when you want to. Further, as a full Club 19.5 member, you will gain exclusive access to our The Other Side of Midnight 24-7 chat server, what I can't help calling the Open Hailing Frequencies Room, which is available only to members 24-7. Now during the show that's where you will find other 19.5 members and sometimes even members of the bridge crew, my guests, and even me uh, when I have time. Regardless, you can always relay live questions to me during the show just by going to the Open Hailing Frequencies room. Of course, when we're not on the air with your 19.5 membership, you can visit our Club 19.5 radio archives anytime and download all our shows directly to your computer which will automatically provide you a screen size that allows you to really examine the remarkable images Kinthea posts for each show. Okay, <clears throat> here's where I need to get kind of super serious. Club 19.5 is how our show is currently solely supported in my, hopefully not vain attempt to keep commercials <clears throat> to a minimum. If you're concerned about keeping us on the year, If you want to hear information that has been vetted far more than perhaps any other show the best way to ensure that is to join club 19.5 and get your friends and family to join too and if you don't know already when i drop by open hailing frequencies you can even ask me directly what the ultimate meaning is behind 19.5 literally the most exclusive club in the world Please join me and my interesting guests on this very stream every Saturday and Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, and be sure to come back and listen to our live three-hour shows. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. our special theme written by billy bright who is an incredible rock musician in australia listening half a planet away we're talking to the planet folks get behind us talk to the planet too <laughs>
2: begun, but somewhere on this pale blue dot, it's midday in the sun. The sun that shines on everyone at some in the day.
0: listen to that all night because it's rare that one gets a very talented musician an artist an artiste to compose a theme song for your very own show by the way for all you listeners who want to know how you get to the open hailing frequencies room you go to our main page or to the guest page look on the left hand side in that column of all the things you can partake in and it's right there and do you actually carefully label it? Let me let me tell you exactly what it says. It says, uh, chat server, open hailing frequencies, OHF. Billy Bright. Time
2: for you to wander through, to in your mind. And is
0: Of the and welcome back, everyone. Okay, so who wants to jump in? I would like to propose for the panel that we grapple with George's central thesis of last night, which was that we are heirs to an extraordinary, ancient, catastrophic, and awful, awful, horrific, mind-numbing cultural and species event, a solar system war from which we apparently have not recovered And there are fragments and bits and pieces of this information floating around now in the news sphere. And that's one of the things that makes it so hard to get people to pay attention to this data because there's some internal block that keeps them. I saw it this afternoon with this producer. He looked at stuff and he kept saying, I can't see it. I can't see it. It's not that he couldn't see it. I don't think he wanted to see it. Anybody want to pick up on that? Andrew, maybe?
6: Yeah, or Richard, you, were, you and Ron are like being so soft on our academics. Huh. <laughs> and I sent a link to, a I hope you can get it up pretty quick. There was a recent article um, about a site found in, in um, Saudi Arabia of a, of a stone outcropping um in the deserts of saudi arabia it was found in 2016 by archaeologists and on it and when kenthea it, we can have a look at it but on it are these eroded worn down barely visible images of about 11 camels possibly horses donkeys these animals are actually thought to be wearing tackle and you know uh, like like uh, tackle and Harnesses. Um, saddles. Yeah. Yeah, harnesses. Exactly. And look, if the archaeologists can see that, and in fact, there's a, there's a, there's an illustration there showing one of the archaeologists or somebody did an artistic representation of what they think they're seeing, which is exactly what I do. So, listen, I, I want to tell you a really quick story. So, my, my eldest son is in university and college.
0: Hey, come on. We have three hours. Take your time.
6: <laughs> well, he… Uh on his first day of his anthropology class, he had a, a like a, a substitute professor. He was an older fellow, older older gentleman on the staff. And he came in and started talking to the class and kind of droned on. And finally um he said something where my son woke up and went, Whoa, what did he just say? And what he said is he goes, I've con I've reached out to NASA and asked them, Are you looking for anthropologists? And they have told him directly, no.
0: Not yet. No, dot, dot, dot. Not
6: yet. We don't need your services yet. Mm. That was a letter. Yeah. A message he got back. So I jumped all over that and thought, okay, I want to see if, I want to challenge this guy and see if he'll, he'll respond. So I got his email and I sent him a long message saying, you know, sort of um, reflecting back what he had said to the class and congratulating him on, on pushing those kinds of boundaries. And then I, I went through a whole, uh, you know, outline of of sort of recent academic, academic you know, like um, universities around the world that are sort of opening up more to the idea of, of offering courses and not just astrobiology, but actually talking about what are the ethics behind, you know, if we find ET, et cetera, et cetera. I did a whole like my 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 son read it and he was like, "Oh, Dad, you really sent that?" <laughs> I said, "Yes, I did." Because that's like an essay. He never responded. He never responded. What I'm saying is that okay, maybe the populace doesn't have the training, the eyes to see these glorious and amazing structures and artwork and reliefs and all the junk that's lying around Mars, like we're we're looking at in Gale Crater but there are people out there that do richard and it really annoys me that that they're not bringing it to light
0: well i don't think we can look at this from the top down i think it's got to be from the ground up that's why this show this investigation this enterprise is so damn important it's like you look around and you're looking for someone else to do it who anybody i mean look at these kids over the weekend half a million kids spurred by a half a dozen kids in Florida who had a horrific, catastrophic event happen in their lives, and they took that event and they turned it into something positive, which is it's not going to happen to anybody else, period. Now, you may disagree with their politics, but they organized and they got the, the attention of the nation, if not the world, because it's a democratic participatory thing that's become viral. This has to become viral because not, one school or a generation is not at stake. The planet is at one, stake. One, nine, seven, Unless eight, we, seven, huh. Thank three, you dear.
5: zero, seven, six is not available. We're
0: trying to reconnect with Ron. Ron got dropped from the call. So uh, someone was going to say something? Uh,
6: um, well, well, just really quickly, I want to add, that's why someone like George, your guest last night, is so important. I mean, he's a millennial, and yes. he knows how to he connect, and he's the kind of resource or the source, the resource that we need to to push this information out there further, because it's these kids that are so adept at networking. I mean, they, they're they so intuitive with these devices. They can do things that, I'm sorry, none of us can do. <laughs> <laughs> and Oh,
0: relegated to the ash heap of history. Oh, well. <laughs>
6: No, 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 no. The wisdom and, and, the, and the experience is absolutely essential. It's just these kids have got the, the wheels to roll, and that's what we need. Anyways, we, someone else needs to come in here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, we have a ton of images, and I would recommend strongly. Maybe Keith wants to take the lead on this. We ought to go to the imagery, You know, go to the graphics, go to what we've got. We've got stunning new data that I want to share. I'm dying to share with people.
4: Yeah, those uh, D&M are DNM images or something else, aren't they? Okay. Yeah, so this goes to show sure. what happens when you drop images like that in the lap of somebody like me.
0: Uh, All right. What we what something. we need to do is give context. Tell people who are just joining us what the hell is the DNM and uh, what have you done, and let's call attention to where they are. You want to go to the other side of midnight.com. You want to click on uh, the guest page tonight. That's that banner at the top. Scroll down and you're going to find various people's items listed. uh, The Enterprise Mission Imaging Team's items, it's all kind of smooshed together. So you go to number two with the little KL standing for Keith Laney, our Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi stand-in. And (laughs) he's produced an astonishing, I mean, absolutely astonishing um, three-dimensional perspective view taken from real NASA data. Before we do that, Keith, you might want to go to number six of my items, the Mars Express imagery above, and call attention to what this thing looks like from the top. Oh, it's so tiny. Why is it so tiny? Ah, I didn't send the big image, darn. Oh, well, never mind, as Church Baby <laughs> said. Never mind. So take it away. Richard. Uh, yes, Robert.
1: Richard, there's a, an above top stuff in um, uh, item 18.
0: Oh, okay. Scrolling down to 18, 18, 18. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Okay. Oh, there we are. Okay. Under so under Robert link, Harrison's items, there's a whole bunch of links. Um, is so link number one the pyramid? Yeah. Could, like, okay. On link number. Oh one, it yes. Gives it, a good idea, oh, no, the, the the first question. one, part one, is fantastic. That's a a real black and white. It's actually, I guess, from Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. It's looking down from orbit, from about a 110, 120 miles up and then keith you took this data and made a three-dimensional pre- projected uh, perspective image right mm-hmm. okay so this is what you want to look at 18 in robert section way down click on that take a look take a good look then go back to the main page you have to click out of that go back to the main page scroll all the way back up sorry for the organization folks but uh, and then go into number two, where it says 2KL, Keith Laney, click on that, and be prepared for a shock. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, and click it
4: again, too, because it'll
0: open it up. Makes into, a big, it and, makes um, and huge. It embiggens it huge.
4: Yeah, I, I like big, full-size, you know, clear images. Uh, but, but, you know, they, they took this high-rise image actually two high-rise images of this pyramid for me, uh, you know, about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Uh And, uh, you know, and everybody's been looking at it, you know, sporadically. It's gotten a bunch of hits at Gigapan where I've got it placed. Uh, But, uh, you know, it should be, it should be getting a whole lot more attention than what it has been because what we have here is a great big gigantic pyramid on Mars,
0: give them, uh, right inside on Given the, the uh, dimensions, we mentioned it last night, but it doesn't hurt to reiterate over and over again the scale oh, of this civilization. I mean, it's, it's, almost,
4: two kilom- it's almost two kilometers tall. Uh, for us Westerners,
0: <clears throat> that's over a half a mile.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, we, we really don't have accurate, accurate measurements on the height of it. We've got sort of mold swaths that go across the sides of it that aren't at the highest elevations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's really derivative, you know, the heights that we have for it.
0: Well, we can <laughs> do that. Wait, wait, wait. We can do that from the old Viking data. Show the whole damn thing and show the shadow and the angles and all that. So it's about half a mile high, <clears throat> a mile plus on a side. It's mm-hmm. humongous. I mean, these guys, these were the gods of ancient metaphor and myth and text, as George described last night. Because they were a type two civilization, which thought nothing <clears throat> of throwing up a structure that was cubic miles in volume. And God knows what's inside. Oh, that we could get inside. Well, on picture number
4: one, I, I've got, I think there's what, five or six images on the strip uh-huh. that I did uh, from different viewpoints. But I, number yeah, one, you, you've got a box
0: the compass on this. So you're looking at it from various directions around around Uh, circling around uh, yeah i know exactly where we're at
4: uh right here on the on the number one we're on the southeast side
0: looking at the collapse side
4: almost on the ground looking at it and what is really uncanny about what this view has uncorked is andrew did a uh before picture of the dnm it's a picture that we call the catastrophe it's going to be in the book and it's uh we've also featured it on the show several times but if you uh click back to the show page real quick out okay. of this image because we can always go back to it you can look, uh, just r- look at this view here that's in front of you and then click out of that go back to the show page and on the, the on the image right above number two which is number one it's the cataclysm that's
0: it and click on that and then just compare oh the scene, my god the scene. you know I, I keep forgetting andrew how incredibly talented you are That's just awesome. Well, and you know, and that was quite
4: prescient too because, uh, you know, I said, Andrew, do us a picture of this thing, you know, and like it would have looked right before the, right before the, you know, catastrophe hit. And this is what he came up with out of his mind. And, uh, you know, and lo and behold, if we click out of this and go back to the image now, so we can uh, go back to just click out of it and go back to number two. Okay. Put the perspective images on it and uh, click it again, make it big but I'll, it's just uncanny how similar that it
0: looks almost like a before and after. It sure does. My God, yeah. it sure does. <laughs> now all this damage, talk about the, what caused the damage? Cause in, in Andrew's art recreation, he has a specific mechanism for the semi destruction of this huge hulking artificial mountain.
4: You know, it's, it's been my, it's been my surmising that, you know, the ocean on mars the, the floor of the ocean got raised several hundred meters all of a sudden uh, you know that's you several that, thousand feet has,
0: folks for us westerners yeah.
4: and um, you know when you do that the ocean has to go somewhere and this is where it came uh, and you know we we've
0: did you ever see the, deep impact the movie oh i'm sure yes yeah we, yeah remember yes, the special effects the ocean washing in sloshing in 10 20 50 miles that's mm-hmm. nothing compared to this catastrophe the weight of the, water, yeah. the mass, the inertia of that amount of water propelled by gravity. I mean, it's, it's a wonder this thing is even still there, but it shows how incredibly robust this ancient technology was. It's, it's still It still survives. You can reconstruct what it must have been, which is what Andrew did.
4: Well, you know, you'll see as we—I'll uh, take us around this thing in, in the next image, uh, number two. Okay. I uh, pulled us off the ground, and now we're looking at the same scene. The from, scroll
0: you know, from some elevation. Scroll down mm-hmm. gently. Yes. Oh my God! Look at that! Look at
4: that! That's the area I call the South Gate, and you're you're pretty much directly south of it, of the pyramid right now. Looking down on the apex, uh, mm-hmm. you can see this. St- I mean, uh, the darn thing's pretty symmetrical. It's been beaten up, and. Uh, you know, if if this uh, big tidal wave storm came out of the ocean, like we said it was, and based on the spin of this planet and which direction it goes, uh, that would make most of the tidal action pretty much come from the northeast, mm-hmm. especially as you know, especially with this place being near the coast, uh, near the ancient coast. Uh, so uh, you know, we would expect to see a lot of damage on the northeast side of things, and we do see that, uh, you can attest, and so will these images. Have remember, remember last to...
0: night how Balabanis said something about this thing sitting on an island. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've never talked to this guy. He's never well, seen. It's our definitely sky.
4: raised. It's
0: definitely raised. Yeah. You can see it. The elevation images show it. Um, I love number just... three because you're looking yeah, over the top, and in the distant background, you've got the face as it would appear if you were hovering in a drone, probably half a mile above the surface, looking over the apex to the north northeast yes yeah, the slightly northeast yeah very D, slightly northeast the dnm is aligned directly with this bizarre thing called the face on mars and again you've got cement symmetry objects symmetry objects they're aligned there are people who still look at me and say oh come on Hogan. it's just a coincidence <clears throat> yeah right well, well what
4: this really highlights is the is the facets of this thing you know we were just looking at at the both the bottom facets in one shot but and, and this one moves us over toward the west a little bit so we're looking at the southwest facet here mm-hmm. and the area uh, you know you have to wonder we were looking at the we, we were looking at the other shot a minute ago and you could see the east side of it and it looks uh you know pretty much obliterated but you have to wonder if it didn't if it didn't used to much look like the west side does because that west side shows a whole bunch of organization where the where that facet of the pyramid uh reaches the plane below mm-hmm. almost like that could have been openings and openings and openings and you know major.
0: Well, there trip. appear to be on the high res when you look at the really original mro stuff the mars reconnaissance orbiter there appears to be lots of structures and things that look like highways mm-hmm. transport networks
4: oh well you can see it you can see on the on the bottom left corner, you can see the what I call the South Gate, mm-hmm. and it uh, it that does have actually have what could have been an ancient highway leading right up to what could have been big ancient arched openings. Of course, it's all filled in now, but uh, you know, being pulled back and being pulled back some, and also the, being able to put these high-rise images on this mesh because the high-rise images are really detailed and really high-quality data, and uh, it. Go ahead, Will. Hey,
1: Keith, hey, Keith, are these actually to scale? Like when when Richard talked about number three up there, where you can see the actual face. Yes. In the background, It's scale. 100% scale, scale? It, this is one
0: hundred percent to scale.
1: Wow, that, that's amazing. I, I, uh, wow. Oh,
4: and <laughs> another thing, a note that was pointed out: if you look, if you look just below the apex on this particular facet, and to make sure everybody's on the right page, we're on the number three. Um, There is a opening down from the apex right in the middle of this facet. It's kind of got a triangular thing in the middle of it. And Tim Saunders pointed this out to us yesterday in email conversation. And uh, that is – and also, actually, you did, uh, Richard, saying that you could actually get a hint of that feature. I
0: sent a photograph, 70A11, from Viking, decades, decades old, the first Viking mission, 1976. You can see that hints of that square – and that rectangular gash to the left of it in the original Viking data. Well, I mean I recommend for everybody to check out the the high rise GigaPan images
4: I have of of these of the DNM. The and where do people find those? The images that I made this from uh, they're on are on GigaPan in my portfolio. I just search for Keith Laney at GigaPan, and you'll find them.
0: It's. There,
4: I've got a bunch of galleries there in the Mars. Well,
0: orders. they can click on the hidden mission link, which is in your bio tonight, and they'll take you to your, your pages, right? Oh, yeah, sure. And, and I've got all kind
4: of stuff. You can see the DNM clearly emblazoned on the front of my page. You can, you can find it really easily. Now, or, for
0: people who are joining of... us late, and it's five minutes to the top of the hour, amazing how time flies in this, in this show, go to the other side TheOtherSideOfMidnight.com, click on tonight's uh, graphic. That will take you to the guest page. Scroll down we're looking at item number two, which when you click on it and click on it again, it's a series of perspective 3D views from NASA's incredibly astonishing high-res MRO, Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, unmanned spacecraft data that Keith has prepared. And he's kind of boxing the compass. He's walking us around in aerial and surface views of this stunning mega ancient structure built by a godlike technology and civilization on March
4: Uh, is that uh, I have the KMZ file for this and so it's loaded into Google Earth I can flip around and fly around the thing I had Andrew standing on top of it with me the other night looking out over the face (laughs) we were sharing oh come on you're having too much fun well, it's an amazing journey, and you know, and I even take the flight simulator plane and fly it around and try to land on it and, and things like that. It's amazing to well, be you
0: know to... this all can be done. We know the Mars atmosphere is now dense enough. There are actually discussions been discussions for decades about airplanes, drones on Mars. I mean, the heck with these rovers and moving you know one one hundred feet per day, with a drone, you could go and fly around and land on various things and fly back up and circle it and get video and transmit all that back in real time. I mean, you could have a ball if NASA would just kind of loosen up, and maybe it ain't going to be NASA. Maybe it's be a, a guy named Elon Musk. we sure hope so. Did you see his tweet Jesus. from Petra the other day? Mars and Petra. And it's so weird because he's, he's visiting Jordan, so he's there at Petra, which was the place where the Indiana Jones, the third movie, was shot. This is this Nabataean ancient civilization on Earth that literally carved a city out of the rocks. What must does not know, and I guess maybe you don't either. I may have described the monuments and may not. Petra was the first place I looked at in trying to see an analog on earth for Sidonia. First place. Well, I was fitting so. I mean, uh... I we expect the same sort of styles because that's what we're
4: seeing, you know. Uh,
0: well, because so, it's us. You know, we're looking at yeah. us, but us on a scale. I mean, you know, Trump talks about making America great again. To hell with America, the planet, the culture, the 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 species that could do this, and then goes here, comes here, and forgets everything it used to know of how to be real. That's well, tragedy know, of of, of humongous proportions. Go ahead.
4: Are encoded in their math, are encoded in the archaeology, and uh, so it's still accessible to us. It's just we don't take advantage of it. So let's uh, let's go on down uh, and continue walking around this D and M thing. Uh, if you go down to the next image in the slide, it's uh, number four, okay, and it's
0: the west side. Oh yeah. It's the west facet, and uh, it's pretty stunningly remarkable. What too. do you think all those wrinkles are, keeping in mind the scale? <sighs> well, the ones on this side, uh, some of them
4: have to have to do with the items coming down the mountain, but that's what I'm the thinking. way. The, but the way in which they're stacked has to do with uh, items coming down the mountain and sticking on, on linear structures.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, so you know because we know the whole thing. You know, in looking closely at the at the high-rise images that this is made from we know the the absolute structural linearity and foundational remnant look of the rest of the area around the plains on this thing um and so it it serves the reason that it also should be up that side also this side of the pyramid probably received the least you know probably the least amount of damage i mean you got a pretty good bit you can see where on its left flank you can see where that facet's been pushed down some and that, but you know, that's which way the direction that the waves came from.
0: Now, are you as opinion like I am, that this thing is basically honeycombed to hell and back? Oh, you can see it. Look at it. It, You, you can, you can see it right here at the very top.
4: What used to be the apex here, Mm. that material is gone and you can see it right there. Oh my, it's hollow inside. And this is one reason why this thing does flippy on the IR and that caused that whole infrared fiasco thing. uh, because they tried to hide the fact that this thing emits all kinds of thermal because it's hollow. It does not heat and cool the same way that the rest of that amorphous surface does around it. Um, and, uh, you know, that's just more fuel for the fire, you know, uh, but it doesn't take much convincing to, sh- to to convince me that a big five-sided pyramid is actually a pyramid. Uh, you know, it, just the visual evidence alone is, is overwhelming to me.
2: Can and you imagine?
4: You...
3: What was that? Oh, I just, I wanted to say, uh, so the face is also a honeycomb structure inside. Yes, it is. Honeycomb, honeycomb's, yeah, honeycomb's a weak word, but yeah,
0: it's. uh, Well, cubicles, think of of cubic miles of of office cubicles or rooms or even building size structures inside this thing. And yeah, and outside of it. The outside of it's the only layer
4: that's like coated with dust, so you can't see through it and see what it actually is. And right up under it, it's,
0: you know, hollow rooms. It's still intact. Can you imagine the guys and gals that get to Mars and land here and go inside for the first time in tens of thousands of years? Can you imagine what they're going to see? I
4: think have to figure out how to get anything thing first because it's god-awful huge.
0: Well, wait, 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 wait. Go back to number three. Number three. Look yeah. at number three. Look at your damn big <laughs> doorway there in the top middle.
4: Well, uh, you know, since I've had these images probably the longest and I, I requested them and I've thoroughly combed them from end to end, there's a bunch of places that are tentative openings on the thing in actuality. Uh, me and Andrew were looking at a place right over on the right flank. If you look on image three, uh, that's a, that's the south southeast. the southeast, eastern or no excuse me southwestern facet uh but the southeastern facet on the other side of it has a nice gully that's originating out of something that's uh, it's an opening going into it well if you look and at there's number been three, some sort if, of outflowing if, there's if, been some kind of outflowing coming out
0: there so you know hey. if you look at number three and you're up at altitude now looking across the apex at the face in the distance on the right hand side that buttress You see that linear formation going from the buttress out of frame? Mm -hmm. That looks like a highway. If that's a highway (laughs) it's leading into, there could be huge airlock doors still protected, still working, that allow you to just walk in if you can figure out how to get them open. Well, you know something
4: also, if you go, just scroll right down to number four. Which was the uh, west side facet, mm-hmm. and and then look at the facet that's directly to the right of it, and look at the material. But look how smooth that is. Why? Why is that? You know that to me that is really curious. Why? That's probably the least the least damaged facet of this pyramid, because of its position on the backside of the pyramid,
0: away to almost. Almost and you look at that square away. window or doorway or airlock near the top, near the apex. You can see it really well in this perspective. Looking mm. from the west, it's near the top of that smooth side on the right-hand side of the picture. Look at that. Look at that.
1: On that same image up on three, you can see at that corner, it almost looks like there's two tubes that come out that I mean it's such a huge pyramid that would be well big enough for humans or huge humans to get through. Oh well, let me tell you a
4: little fill in story about that. That that's the that's the South Gate. It looks like a highway leading up into this thing. Now mm-hmm. now uh, remember Mikey Malin always had the, had his hand on on the neck of the mock camera and wouldn't let us see any of the cool images remember this right yes oh yeah uh, well the dnm was one of the things that he would never take a picture of okay and then when queried about why he wouldn't take a picture of the dnm because uh you know we think it's an ancient pyramid he said he wouldn't believe it was an he wouldn't believe it was an artificial structure if it had a highway running into it
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he had to that sounds you know, like him he'd already seen it he'd of course already seen it By the way, guys, I hate to mention something practical, but we blew past the break at the top of the hour. Damn, these images are so captivating. So everyone hold it there, all right? And we shall take a break so we can kind of regroup and figure out what we're doing. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. Better late than never, we shall return.
2: Laying her down brings you to your knees every time. You want to love her when she's too far away, but the closer she gets to you, the harder it seems to let her be. the best way to love her is to let her go the best way to hold her is to tell her no while you're high
5: producer for The Other Side of Midnight. It often happens that I receive email from listeners. I don't see the ruins in that photo. How do you see it? So we decided to put together a workshop for our Club 19.5 members only. In this workshop, we're going to go over how to look at that NASA photo and see what's actually there. An artistic analysis of ancient ruins. Please join Richard C. Hoagland, Ken Johnson, Keith Laney, Andrew Curry, myself, and other citizen experts as we explore this topic together. And I invite you to go to theothersideofmidnight.com, click on the workshop link, and send us your suggestions of what you would like us to cover in this workshop or other workshops. We'll keep you posted. Stay tuned.
0: Thanks for listening to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350-plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed, and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed that contains these enhanced show recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll have access to a private chat server that member use to chat about the show during the show, and you will have a direct channel to post a question that will be read on the air to the guest and you'll have a place to post questions during our open hailing frequencies we realize that not everyone wants to call in live and this gives you an easy way to participate in a live show without having to participate club 19.5 members can use this private chat to talk about the shows ask questions suggest new guests and i may even pop on from time to time to answer specific questions also the entire bridge crew is in these participating chat channels so you can interact with them as well. You'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward, and boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members, because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out.